Shas Illuminated presents the following shear by Rabbi Avraham Shor. Meseches Megillah has been dedicated by Mr. and Mrs. Yassi Taub, Lezchus Rufur Shalema, Moshe Nachman ben Malka Miriam. Megillah Daf Tesvov. The Gemara explains that when Esther sent a message to Mordechai, saying, Ubechein Ovoi Ela Melech Asheloi Chados, Vechasher Avarati Avarati, her kavana was, Kishem Sheavarati Mibes Abba, Kach Oivad Mimcha. Meaning that even though she was Nevelis up until now to Achashverish many times, but till now it was in Oynis. So that didn't make her usher to her husband Mordechai. However, at this point she was going to be doing it, Mirotzin, and then she was going to be Nevad from him. So Rashi explains, Kishem Sha'avaratimi Beis Abba. Just like I was already Avaratimi Beis Abba, which means because as we learned in the Gemara and Dafyud Gimel, she was a Yisoyma from her father and mother. I'm going to lose you because I'm going to become usher to you. Toysvis over here in the Bramaschal Kashem asks, Why didn't Mordechai just give her a get? And at that point, she will no longer be married to him. And then if she's Mizana with Achashverish, she could always come back to Mordechai later. Because as Mavur in the Gemara in Soita, if a man is Megarish's wife and she doesn't get married to somebody else, She's only Mizana with somebody else that doesn't answer her on her first husband. And of course, being married to Achashverish is not halachically considered marriage. It's not Toifus. So Toifus answers, Yeshloimer, Lefishiko Masehaget, to Alpi Edim, Vayayore Pen Yisparse Madovar Lomalchus. Since a get requires Edim, it's something that could become Nisparse, and people will find out about it, and the news could even reach Achashverish, and that would be very dangerous. However, the Rajba asks, that there's a way to be Megarish and Isha without using Edom. Because, as is Mavur in the Mishnah in Gitten, that if a person writes a get to an Isha with his own Ksavyad, that's just as valid as having two Edom on the get. And the Rajba adds that this anyway would have been a good Eitzah for Mordechai to do, because even without the problem of becoming Usr to Mordechai, there's really an issue of the actual Bia to Achashverish. Because Kolzman, she's married to Mordechai, she's an Ashish Ish, and she's not allowed to be Mazana. And we know Gile Arayas is one of the three Averis Chamures that we say Yehorek Val Yavar. So, until now, the fact that she was Nevelis Tachashverish and wasn't Mechuyev to give up her life so as not to be Nevelis to him. Toysvis in Sanhedrin, Dafa'in Dalaramabez, and in Ksubas Daf Gimel, explain Api the Gemara in Sanhedrin, and Ain Dalaramabez, that says the Svara of Esther Karka Oilam Hoysa. The Gemara is really using it to explain why it was mutter to her, even though it was Befar Hesya, and that was in Isra of Chil Hashem. And the Gemara says that since she was only Karka Oilam, which means that the Isha is only passive in the Maisebiya. So there's no chiyav for her to give up her life for Chil Hashem. Explains Toysfiz that that is the answer to why she wasn't mechuyiv to give up her life and not be Megala Arayas. Because Karka Oilom is matir. So the Rashba understands that that svara of Karka Oilom is only a svara that we say when she's an Oynes. But if she does it Meratzen, then even though in the actual Maisebiya she's only a passive member, it doesn't make a difference because she initiated it. And therefore he says, how could she have been Nivellus? Hashto Birtsoina Nivellus Fitiharig Val Tavar. Vilu Hoisa Migarsha Biksav Yodai Loi Hoisa Iveris Alisa Arayas. If Mordechai would actually divorce her using Savyad, then there would be no problem. 
the Rashba ends off by saying, Now the assumption that the Rashba makes that the heter that the Gemara says in Sanhedrin of Karka Oilam, which the Gemara uses, Ligabe the din of Chil Hashem, and the Rishonim extend it to explain why she wasn't Mukhuyib to sacrifice her life in order to avoid Gile Arayas. And the Rajba, like we said, is assuming that that Svara is only a Svara when it's being done Ba'inis. But in the event, like she was about to do now, she was going to be in Ellis Meritsaina, you don't say the Svara of Karka Oilam. That assumption is not Muskim Kol. Not everybody agrees to it. Because according to the Rabbani Yonah and the Sugis Sanhedrin, and the Shitzatoistis over there, just like the Svara of Karka Oilam helps Le'inyan, the Din of Chil Hashem, that a person who is only a passive member of a Maisa Aveira, if their life is being threatened, even if that Aveira is done by Farhesya, they're not Mechoyev to give up their life since they're only passive. And just like Le'inyan, the Din of Gili Arayas, a person's usually Chayev to give their life up for Gili Arayas. Nevertheless, when that person is a passive member, Karka Oilam, they're not Mechoyev to give up their life. So too, even when their life is not being threatened, like in our case where Esther was coming out of her own Ratzin, since the reason why she was doing it was in order to save Kalal Yisrael, you also say the Svara of Karka Oilam. Because after all, there was a Pikuach Nefesh factor. So just like Ligabe, her own life, we don't say the Kalal that we usually do, which is that Gilei Rais is one of Gimel Averis Chamuris, and she's Mukhiv to sacrifice her life. And that is because of Karka Oilam, she's only a passive member. So too, Ligabe, the Pikuach Nefesh of everybody else in Kalal Yisrael, we don't say the rule that she should not be over the Avera Gilei Rais to save their lives only because of Karka Oilam. The Rajba is clearly drawing a distinction between the two things. The Rajba holds that it may be true that the Svara of Karka Oilam is matir Esther not to give up her life when her own life was being threatened. However, when it comes to saving the rest of Kla Yisrael, we don't say the Svara of Karka Oilam. What's the Hezber in the Machloikis? Says Rebbe Chanan in Ksubas Dav Gimlomabez that the Machloikis is totally on the Machloikis Rishonim how to understand the Svara of Karka Oilam. Rashi in Sanhedrin explains Karka Oilam means, like we explained, that she's a passive member in the Maisabiyah. However, the Ramban over there in the Machamis explains that the Yisod of the Svara of Karka Oilam is that since they could do the act of Be'ilah to her, Balkarcha, whether she's willing to give up her life or not, they could force her, so it doesn't help her to give her life up, because... The guy is going to do whatever he wants. And Rabbi Hanan explains that according to Rashi and Toysvis, Karka Oilam is on a lower level than all other Gilei Arayis. It doesn't have the same Chaymer as regular Gilei Arayis. And it's Nidchem Epnei Nefesh like all other Isurim. It's like it's not part of the three Gimel Averis Hamuris. Masha'enken, according to the Ramban, Karka Oilam is only a Svara that's used when the Isha herself is being threatened with her life. It's not that Karka Oilam says that now Gilei Arayas for a woman is Nitchim Epnei Pikuach Nefesh. Rather, it's a Svar that says that when the Isha herself is being threatened, it's pointless for her to give up her life because it's going to happen anyway. Melo, we could explain the Machloikes between Toysvis and the Rajba as well. If you say that Karka Oilam is a Svar that downgrades the level of Gilei Arayas of the Isha, 
and makes it just like any other Aveira that's Nidchem Epnei Pikuach Nefesh, then you would say the Svara of Karka Oilam to save other members of Klai Yisrael as well. However, if you say that really an Isha's role in the Maisa is on the same level of Chumrah as a man's role, and Karka Oilam is only a Svara Misuyemes when her life is being threatened, because we say that it's going to happen whether she likes it or not, then there will be no heter to allow Gilea Arayas when it's coming to save other people, because her life is not being threatened. And that is the Rajbas Taina. There's a very interesting tshuva from the Nerib Yehuda. This is the Madura Tinyona, Chelik Yeridea, Simen Kuf Samach Aleph. And over there he brings a famous tshuvas Marik. The Marik is Moichiach. He proves from our Gemara, the Yisoid, that an Isha is Naseris, Al-Baila, even if Alpidin, she's allowed to be Mezana Tachtov. And that is Kolzman, the Maisebiya was done Berotzen, like you see in the case of Esther. Because we know that Esther, in our case, in order to save Klal Yisrael, was allowed to go and be Nevelas Tachashverish. Now, says the Marik, why is that true? Inasmuch as Alpidin, it's mutter for her to do the Maisebiya, why should that answer her on her husband? Clearly, there was no Gilei Arayas issue. So from this, the Marik builds his Yisoid, a famous Yisoid, which is that the Isser of an Isha Shazinsa to her husband is not a product of the Bein Adam Lamakam, the Isser in the Torah to be Mizanatachas Baila. Even if for some reason it's not Usser for her to do the act. Rather, the Marik is Medayik from the Lashon of the Pusik. It says, Ish Ish Kisista Ishtoi Umaalavoi Moal. She was moil in him, in her husband. Which means that the whole Isser Soita, the Isser of an Isha Shazinza Tachas Baila, is predicated on the violation of the relationship between her and the husband. It's not because of what Hashem told her not to do. Because here we have a case where Hashem is telling her that you're mechuyiv because of pikuach nefesh to save Klal Yisrael. Rather, it's built on the betrayal of the relationship to her husband. Since Meirotzen, she's being mezana, tachas, baila, that automatically assers her to her husband. Says the Nari Yehuda, there is no raya from our Gemara like the Yisoyed of the Marik. Because he brings down the Rajbas Kasha, as to why didn't Mordechai give her a get? As we said, the Rajba asks a step further than Toysvis. Toysvis says that he didn't want Achashverosh to find out about it. The Rajba then says, well, you have an Eitzah, you can give her a get, Biksav Yodoy. And this would not only help Le'inyan Mordechai becoming usher to her, it also would remedy the problem of Gilei Rais itself. That was the Rajba's Kasha. Says the Nodib Yehuda, a very innovative pshat. He says we can learn in the Gemara that Ka'asher Avarati Avarati does not mean, Esther was not saying that she would become Usr on Mordechai. Rather, Esther really received a get from Mordechai Biksav Yad. So halachically, she was totally mutter tachashverish. The problem of kasher avarati avarati, that she was lost to Mordechai, says the Rabbi Yehuda is, because now it would be impossible for Mordechai to marry her back. Because for Kedushin and Chuppah, you definitely need Edim. So Mordechai would have no way of getting married again to Esther, and therefore, kasher avarati avarati. He says that's how you could learn the Gemara. And the Mela, there is no Raya from our Gemara to the Yisrael of the Marik. Perhaps when it's mutter for a woman, for whatever reason, to do a Maisebiya, she does not become a to her husband. 
The Nebuda adds, though, that from Rashi in our sugya, you do have a right to the Yisrael of Marik. Because Rashi's Loshin, Avartimimcha, Vasura Anilucha, the Eishes Yisrael, Shenensa, Muteres, Lebaila, Uverotzen, Asura Lebaila. So Rashi clearly is learning that the Kasher Avarti Avarti is based on the Isser to Mordechai. The Nebi Yehuda then goes and continues and he says, I don't really understand the whole premise that's being made, which is that for Pikuach Nefesh, a woman would be allowed Berotzen to be Mezana Tachas Baila. And he even quotes a story that he saw in a certain tshuva. At the time that Nebuhuda wrote, wrote this tshuva, he says he was in a kfar, he was in some village, so he did not have access to Svarim, but he believed that it was tshuva's base Yaakov. And there it described a story of Anashim and Nashim Shaholchu Baderech, a whole group of Jews that went on a trip, and a bunch of Goyim came and were going to kill them. And there was one woman out of the bunch who was an Ishiyafas Tayyar, and she was successful in seducing the head of the Listim, and that way everybody else was able to escape. And he says, Upasak Betshuva, she did the right thing, and she did a tremendous mitzvah, Lahatzel Nefashis, Rak, Sha'afalpikain, Nesra Albaila, she still would become Asa to her husband, and he brings a raya from Esther. Says the I don't understand why this should be true. And this is the same Taina that we mentioned from the Rashba earlier. He says, we know A person is not allowed to be misrape using the Shalshaviris Hamuris. And just like you're not allowed to be misrape, you're also not allowed to save another person's life. You'll ask me, but Karka Oilam is Mutter? He says, Karka Oilam is only a Svara when she's Anusa Al Guf so you see that he understands that the Svara of Karka Oilam is not a Svara that in the Guf Maisa Bia she is a passive member and therefore it's on a lower level and it's treated like other Averis, not like the Gimel Averis Chamuris. It's exactly the same as the Agila Arayas of a man. There's a Svara Misuyemes when an Isha is being Nensa that we say she's only Karka Oilam, and that could be explained, Alpida Ramban, that we mentioned earlier, that it's going to happen no matter what, and therefore, since she's being forced, there's nothing for her to do about it. But, in this case, where there is something for her to do about it, she doesn't have to be doing this Avera. It's like any other of the Gimel Averis Hamuris, and you're not allowed to save lives using it. Why then did Esther do the Avera, Meirotzen, says the Nadi Yehuda? It says, Esther shiny. Shehoisa lahatzolas klal Yisrael mehoidu vad kush, ve'en lameiden hatzolas and it was a special of But he says you cannot learn out from there to any other case. Only when it has to do with the entire Klal Yisrael, and maybe it's Alpiruch HaKodesh, Mordechai then there was a special heter that was given to Esther at that time. The Gemara brings down the Pasuk, Vayavor Mordechai, the Gemara says, what does Vayavar Mordechai mean? It's not really the standard Lashon. It should say, Vayelach Mordechai Vayas Kechalashet Tzivsa Olav Esther. So the Gemara gives two Pshatim. Amar Rav Shehevir Yom Rishen Shal Pesach B'Tainis. The Lashon Vayavar is alluding to the fact that then that Kufa was Pesach. Yud Gimel Benisan is when the letters were written and the law was passed. Yud Dalid, Tesvav and Tezayin, they fasted. And as Rashi says already, Tezayin at night is when Haman was hanged. So you see that the Yom of Pesach, he was over. That Yom of Pesach with a Tainus. 
he, so to speak, removed the Yom Tiv. Hever Rishon Shal Pesach. Shmuel, on the other hand, says, the over Arkuma de Maya. Rashi and Davchov Chesme Beis, the Bermasla Arkuma de Maya, says that an Arkuma de Maya is a Shlulis Shal Mechunasim. So he passed over a body of water. And the question is obvious. We can understand the Pasek going out of its way to say Vayavar Mordechai to teach us what Rav says. The Hainu that he caused them not to be Choygeg, the Yom Tov Pesach, he had everybody fast. But why would the Pasek go out of its way to write the word Vayavar in order to tell me that he happened to have passed over a body of water? He crossed a puddle while he was going and telling everybody what to do. Why is that information relevant at all? So this question could be answered based on a very important Yisoid that appears in Ibn Ezra, in the Alshech, and in the Malbim. And there are many psukim in Megillus Esther that could be explained using this Yisoid. And that is as follows. Sometimes you find the Megillah referring to Shushan as Ha'ir Shushan. And at other times we find the Megillah talking about Shushan Habira. Why do we sometimes use the term Shushan Abira and sometimes the term Ha'ir Shushan or Stam Shushan? The answer is, if you look in the Ibn Ezra, you'll see this very clearly, that there were two separate places. There was the city Shushan. Many people lived there. In fact, there were many Jews living in Shushan, HaYehudim HaSheb Shushan. However, aside from the Ir Shushan, there was an area that was sectioned off that was called Shushan Habira. That was the complex where all of the government officials lived, where the Melech was, the palace was there, and all of the Sarei HaMelech lived there. And that's why we find the Megillah telling us, Ish Yehudi, Hoya B'Shushan Habira. In Shushan, the city, there were many Jews. But there was one Jew, Mordechai, who lived in Shushan Habira. And that's the Pshat in the Pasik that says, Harotzim Yotzu Duchufim Bidvar HaMelech, Vados Nitna B'Shushan Habira. Says Ibn Ezra that the Ir Shushan was Navoicha. They were confused because they did not know what was going on. The Das was Nitna B'Shushan Habira. The only one who knew what was going on was Mardachai because he lived in Shushan Habira. He was one of the Sarim. That's what Ibn Ezra says. That the Bira Kula he Mishrasi Amelech ve'ain Sham Yehudi Rak Mardachai Levadai. Ve'ir Shushan he says Shisham Yehudim Navoicha. Now says the Alshich that this complex, which was most probably inside or next to Shushan, the city, was surrounded by an Arkuma de Maya. And this was the common practice in those days to surround the area where the king was by what's called in English a moat, which is like a passage of water. And in order to cross it, you needed a special bridge which they were able to remove or to raise and lower whenever they wanted to. This way there would be more security. It wasn't so easy to infiltrate the bira of the Melech. You see this, you saw it in the Malbim as well. When she asked for permission for the people in Shushan to do what they did on Yud Gimel. Says the Malbim, Omnam lefi daiti hoya bakoshasa al Shushan ha'ir v'loy Shushan abira ki Shushan nechlekes l'shnei chalakim. Shushan was divided into two parts. Makom abira sheshom Yosef amelech v'asarim v'hi nikres Shushan habira v'ha'ir b'fnei atzmai oisa nikres Shushan stam. So on the Yud Gimel hargu b'Shushan habira they killed their enemies in Shushan habira. Ubiksha Esther Esther Ashi Yitim Rishus Larik Biyam Yudalid Ha'oyvim Shenisharu B'Shushan Ha'ir. 
And that's why over there in Pasuk Kate says, Vayakwa Yehudim Mechaloyveh Makas Chere Vehereg Vehabdon Uvishushan Habira Hargwa Yehudim Chamesh Meis Ish. In Pasuk Yed Aleph it says, Vayemuhu Ba Mispar Harugim Vishushan Habira Lefnei HaMelech. Then afterwards in Pasuk Yud Gimel it says, Vatoymer Esther Imala Melech Toiv Yinasin Gamachal Yehudim Asher Bishushan. And he says, Vayemuhu Ba Mispar Harugim Vishushan Habira Lefnei HaMelech. Then afterwards in Pasuk Yud Gimel it says, Vatoymer Esther Imala Melech Toiv Yinasin Gamachal Yehudim Asher Bishushan. And he says, Vayemuhu Ba Mispar Harugim Vishushan Habira Lefnei HaMelech. Then afterwards in Pasuk Yud Gimel it says, Vayemuhu Ba Mispar Harugim Vishushan Habira Lefnei HaMelech. Then afterwards in Pasuk Yud Gimel it says, Vayemuhu Ba Mispar Harugim Vishushan Habira Lefnei HaMelech. So you see in the Malbum the same Yisoid. Once we know, like the Alshach says, that it was surrounded by an Arkuma de Maya, Shmuel is telling us the Poshet Pshat in Vayavar Mordechai. Vayavar Mordechai, he passed the Arkuma de Maya that separated between Shushan Habira and Shushan Ha'ir so that he could go and tell everybody in Shushan what exactly happened and what they were supposed to do. The Gemara tells us, Vayibayoyim HaShlishi Vatilbash Esther Malchus. Esther wore... What the Poshib shot in the Pasik is Big Day Malchus. But the Gemara says Big Day Malchus mi Bailei. It should say clothing of Malchus. She wore royal clothing. She wore Malchus. Now we have to try and understand how exactly does the word Malchus serve as a remez to the fact that she was Lovshasa Ruach HaKoidish. The Gemara, of course, brings a limud for such a thing, but we want to know why is the Midah of Malchus related to Ruach HaKodesh. And furthermore, we have to understand what exactly happened now that prompted Esther to be Lavsha Malchus, which is Ruach HaKodesh. Another difficult Gemara on our Ahmed is... Anybody who says something over B'Shem Omroi in the name of the person that told it to him brings Geula to the world. Shenemar v'toymer Esther l'amelech B'Shem Mordechai. Since Esther told Achashverosh about Bixen and Seresh B'Shem Mordechai and didn't say it in her own name, that brought Geula l'oilam. And the question is, why exactly is somebody who says something over B'Shem Omroi, why does that bring Geula l'oilam? So in order to understand these two Gemaras, Let's go back to the Gemara and Dafyud Gimelomid Aleph, where the Gemara is discussing the origin of the name Esther. One opinion in the Gemara before, Reb Nechemya, is that her real name was Hadassah. The reason why she was called Esther is because the Umusa Oilam called her Esther. Al Shem Istaher. Istaher means the moon. And if this name is chosen by Klai Yisrael to refer to Esther, not just by the Umm Sa'ilam, that's a simon that the Shairish of Esther has something to do with the moon, with the Levana. What exactly is the Shaykhs between Esther and the Levana? And what's very striking is that we know that Esther is the Koyach over here that's fighting Amalek. It's through her that Haman has his downfall. And we find somebody else that's referred to as the Levana, who also fights Amalek. The first one to wage war against Amalek in the Torah is Yehoshua. And the Gemara tells us in Baba Basra Dafa'in Hayamid Aleph, Pnei Moshe Kipnei Chama, Pnei Yehoshua Kipnei Levana. So Yehoshua's Panim is Doimet to the Levana. And so we have to understand that as well. Why is it that Yeshua is Ndoimet to the Levana? And why is it that we find that the two people that are Nimshal to the Levana fight Amalek? Now in order to understand this, let's first analyze one more person who is Nimshal to the Levana. And this can be found in the Pirush of Rabbeinu Bechaya in Bereshis, Perak Lamed Ches, Pasuk Lamed. This is in Parshish Vayeshev, 
by the birth of Peretz and Zerach. Over there, the Rabbein Amchaya explains extensively how David and the Malchus-based David is nimshal to the Levana. In fact, he explains that Zerach is Miloshin Zricha, it's the Bechina of the Chama. Peretz, he says, is Alshem the Levana. And that's because the Chama continuously shines. The sun is always shining. But the Levana has times that it's Nifratz. So Peretz is a Loshen of being broken. And he says that that's why Malchus based David comes from Peretz because it's Keneged the Levana. He goes on to explain how the Yemois HaLevana, the days of a lunar month, are 29. And that's why we find that from Peretz, Ben Yehuda, until Tzidkiyahu, which is when the Chur Ben Abayis was, was 29 people. And he lists off all of the Malachim, the generations that started with Peretz and culminate with Tzidkiyahu. Just like the Levana is Sheikaas, Achar, Choftes, Yoim, Kain, Malchus, Beis David, Nifsika, the Chorav HaMikdash, Bimei Tzidkiyahu, Shehu Choftes, Leperetz. He mentions another Cheshbin that's brought down in the Medrash in Shmois Rabbah that's a different way of counting the Malachim starting from Avraham all the way until Tzidkiyahu. And according to this Cheshbin, there are a few kings that are not mentioned, that were mentioned in the first Cheshbin that he says, because the way that he calculates the amount of Malachim that there were in the first Cheshbin goes according to how many kings actually ruled, and according to the second Cheshbin, we're going according to the Doris, how many Doris there were from Avram Avinu all the way until Tzidkiyahu. Now, according to the second Cheshbin in Medrash Rabbah, what is being counted is Tesvav Doris from Avram all the way until Shloimai, because then the Malchus was at its peak, the moon begins to light up at the time of Avram, like it says in the Pasuk, Mi Heir, Mi Mizrach Tzedek. Even though in the Pasuk, Heir is written with an ayin, al Tikra Heir, Ela Heir. And he explains how each one of the generations was mayor more and more. And after Shloima Melech, things started to take a downward turn. Until finally the Ur was extinguished at the time of Tzitkiyahu, ves ene Tzitkiyahu Iver. The Ur of the Levana was totally missing. So this is Kenege, the waning and waxing of the moon. And the Rabbeinu B'chayi explains that this is the Oymik in the fact that when we say Kiddush Levana, we utter the words, David, Melech, Yisroh, Chai, V'kayom. And he explains that Amaymer Azeh, Al-Derech Pshutai, Kikara HaLevana B'Shem David. We are referring to the Levana. With the name David, Lefisha David ba mi peretz, Shehu keneged ha-Levana. V'oid sh'a-Levana nikris ha-Mo'ra katan, Uchsiv b'David, v'David hu ha-Katan. Two reasons why we refer to Levana as David. One is because Peretz is the ancestor of David. David comes from Peretz, and Peretz is keneged ha-Levana. And because the Levana is referred to as the Mo'ra katan, and David is referred to as katan. And when we say Chai V'kayim, he says, Kavanasi Loimer Niris HaLevona. We could see the Levona now. So what is going on over here? Why are we being Medame David to the Levona? And there's an Inyan of Kiddush Levona. We're excited that we can now see the Levona. And it's like the idea of David Melech Yisrael Chai V'kayim. We need a Hezber. So in order to understand all this, we have to go a little bit deeper. We have to try and understand what exactly the Inyan behind the Levona itself is. 
why it is that Kalal Yisrael's Moina La Levana, we learned that in the Pasha of Achoydish Lochem, we have to understand why the Levana gets bigger and smaller, why we get excited when it reappears, and what exactly our tefillah of Yehi Or HaLevana Ka Or HaChama is. So let's begin with the Gemara in Chulun Daf Samachamid Beis. It's quoted by Rashi in Chumash and the Pasuk Vayaselikim as Shnei Amoiris Hagdoylim. Hashem created two Moiris Hagdoylim. The sun and the moon were both referred to as Moiris luminaries Hagdoylim, large ones. And then the Pasuk says as Hamoira Agdoyl Lememshelis Hayoyim ve'as Hamoira Kotoyn Lememshelis Halaylo. Shimon Pazi asks this theory. He says it first starts out referring to them both as Mo'ir Zagdoilim, and then it refers to the moon as the Mo'ira Kotan. And he says, Amra Yereach Lefnei Akarish Baruchu, the moon said in front of Hashem, Ribonishlailim, Efsher Lishnei Malachem Sheishtamshu Bekeser Echod, is it possible for two kings to be Mishtamish with one Keser? So Hashem responded, Amr lalachi umyatea es atzmeich. Go and be mamayit yourself. And that's why the Gemara explains that we're supposed to bring a kapara on every Rosh Chodesh so as to be mechaper kaviyochol for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who was mamayit the Yareach. Now, in order to understand this very obscure Gemara, we have to be mamaktim with the following. We all know that the Shemesh and the Yareach have the relationship of mashpia and mekabel, meaning... The Shemesh is Mashpia. It sends off its rays. It has its own source of light and gives off its light. The Yerech, on the other hand, is Mikabel because it does not have its own source of light. It's just a reflection of the light of the sun. That's why the Zerah Kaddish in Vayikra, Yudbeiz, Amid Aleph, refers to the Shemesh as Avicha and the Yerech as Imecha. Because, as we know, the Zachar is always seen as Mashpia, and the Nekeva is the Mikabal. The Lushen of the Rebbeinu Mechaia, in Bereshis, Perek Aleph, Pasuk Yudalit, says, Ki halavana ein la oira mitzad atzma, ki im ma'ar hashemesh. And he continues by saying that Lakach tiknu chazal betfilas yoytzer ur, this is the reason why the Chazal were misakin in the tefillah of Yoytzer Or, Ro'a vehiskin tzura salvana. We say that in the piyot of Kel Odoin. He says, Kloimar, shehi tzura bilti oira. It says, Ro'a vehiskin tzura salvana. All the lavana is is a tzura that's waiting to be makabal the ur, but it's not a source of light. And he's medamed to the heat that barzel, that metal gets when it's heated up from a fire. So it doesn't have its own heat. It's heat that was makabal from the fire. And with this he explains the Pasuk that says, When referring to the sun and the moon, the word Ma'oyres is written without a vav as if it says Ma'aras, because they're really one light. And this is really the Oymik as to why the Torah refers to the Shemesh as Ma'or HaGadol and the Yarech as Ma'or HaKaton. Because if these words are used to describe the actual Bria of the Shemesh and the Bria of the Yarech, then they have to be definitive terms. They have to be defining the essence of the Yarech and the Shemesh and not just talking relative to something else. Which presents us with a question, how could they be referred to as Mo'er HaGodol and Mo'er HaKotan? Is the Shemesh Be'etzem Godol and the Yerech is Be'etzem Kotan? Or when you're looking at each one in relation to the other, then you see the Shemesh as being big because it's bigger than the Yerech. Since 
the rule is that in the Bria Shemaim Va'aretz, the terms that are used are Be'etzem, they're the essence of the things that are being created, we have to try and understand why would we refer to the Shemesh as Mo'orah Gadol. There has to be something inherent about the Shemesh that earns it the name Gadol and something inherent about the Arayach that earns it the name Katan. What is that? The answer is, based on what we just said, very simple. It's true that the word Gadol usually is used to describe the relationship between two things. So object A, if it's bigger than object B, we call it Gadol because it's bigger than the other object. But what we really mean to say when we describe it as being bigger than the other object is that it is not limited by the confines, by the limitations and the gvulim, the parameters of the smaller object. So if we were to try to figure out what we mean when we refer to one object, not in relation to something else, but rather inherently godoil, that would have to mean something that is constantly mispashate, meaning something that doesn't have limitations. Whatever doesn't have confines limiting it is called godoil. And it is for this reason that the word Gedula is used to refer to Chesed. We know that Hashem is called Hakel HaGadol HaGibar V'Hanoira. And as is Mavur in the Gemara in Yuma, Gadol is referring to Hashem's Chesed. Hashem also cannot be referred to in terms of being compared to other things. When we refer to Him as Gadol, why do we mean Chesed? Because... Chesed is the idea that one can extend himself beyond boundaries. Katan, on the other hand, denotes something that is all about boundaries. If something has the ability to be mashpia, it's referred to as gadol. If something is totally mekabel, then it is called katan. This is why in halacha, a gadol, who is soymich al-shulchan aviv, he's only on the mekabel end, is referred to as a katan. Since the sun is not limited by any boundaries, it is mispashate. It sends its rays very, very far. So extending itself beyond its limitations is referred to as hamor ha-gadol. And since the moon has none of its own ur to give off, it's only on the macabre end, it's referred to as ma'or ha-katan. Now in the original creation of the Shemesh and the Ereach, Hashem created the Ereach, which is the Mechabal, from the Ur HaShemesh, as a complete and total Mechabal. If the item, which is a reflection of the light of the sun, is capable of being a total Mechabal, which means being Mevatal itself fully to the Mashpia, then it would have been able to function exactly like the Shemesh, and would even have been the same size as the Shemesh. For example, if you were to take a light, a bright flashlight, and shine it directly into a mirror, you would see no difference between the light that is emanating from the flashlight and the reflection of light which is being thrown back at you from the mirror. That's because the mirror is functioning as a complete and total reflection. And in that matziv, the mirror becomes just as much of a mashpia as the light they're shining into it. However, Hashem, B'chachmasei Amruba, did not want there to be a complete shleimus in the world. Because if there would be complete shleimus in the world, there would be no mokim for the Avodah Sa'adam, for man to come and be mashlam and perfect the world. So the Rebbeinu Shleilam set things up, L'chatchila, in a way that, number one, the potential for the Levana was to be 
on the same level as the Chama, because if it would do its job properly, meaning being misbattle entirely to the Chama, then they would both be Shnei Hama'oris Hagedoilim, because then essentially there would be absolutely no difference between the Shemesh and the Yereach. And number two, he purposely made the world an imperfect place such that the Levonic can't really do that job completely. And the Kitrug that it says that the Levana was Mekatrig and said, means that the Rebbeinah planted into the Bria itself the fact that the Levana has the Rotzen to feel its own existence, be its own Mashpia, and not be bottle to the Ur of the Chama. The Rebbeinah B'chai over there says, Keser, in this context, is a Kinui for the Ur and the Zohar, the shine, the light and the shine. The Levana wants to be Mashpia. And the Levana doesn't realize that the only way for it to really be Mashpia is to be Mizbatel entirely to the Chama. And this imperfection is really a symptom of a greater imperfection that Hashem wanted. He wanted this world in general to be not perfect. And as we know, Hashem is referred to, Kishemesh Umogin Hashem Aleikim. He's referred to this as the Shemesh. The Levana is a Kinoi for Knesset Yisrael. We are referred to as the Levana. And the fact that there is Ra in the world really stems from the fact that we have the need to feel our own existence as if we accomplish things. And we're not comfortable with being fully misbattel to Hashem and His Ratzin. And this is really the Shorish of all Ra in the Bria. The Bnei Yisachar says that when Adam Rishon was Chayte, it was because of the Pitoi, the seduction of the Nachash, and he says, Hanachash Hishiani. He persuaded me, convinced me. The word Hishiani has in it the letters Yesh and Ani. Hishiani, he caused me to try to feel my own existence and not be misbattel to the Ratzin Hashem. So when Hashem says, He doesn't mean that he was choyte. It means a pegam that he purposely put into the Bria. And on Rosh Chodesh, when we start feeling the Ur of the Levana, we bring that kapara. And that's why we daven Rosh Chodesh, all the Taldus of Am Yisrael have his man kapara. For them, you're being mechaper for Klal Yisrael. We are saved from the Soine, which refers to the Yitzhahara, like the Gemara is Mavur in Sukhadafnun Bezma Bez, because the Yitzhahara tries to give us the false sense that we're capable of acting on our own and not being misbattled to the Ratzin of Hashem. When the Levana starts functioning every month anew as a Mechabel, then we bring that Kapara. Now the truth is that this is somewhat of a pattern in Bria Sa'olam, because this is not the only example where Hashem says something one way, and the way that it ends up happening is a different way. The other example of such a thing is on the third day of creation, where Hashem says, Tad Rashi explains that the original tzivui was that the aretz should be moitzi, an eitz, whose tam is ketam hapri. The tree itself and the fruit should have the same taste. Yet in Bria Sa'olam itself, it says, Rashi says, The Adama did not do what Hashem told it to. Rather, it was moitzi and eitz whose tam was not ketam hapri. Now, we know that an eitz is not a Baal Bechira. So what does it mean that it didn't listen to the Tzivu of Hashem? 
Al-Karchach, what we mean to say is that Hashem originally gave a tzivoy, which would have had it that the eitz, which is the conduit, it is the means to get to a certain end, the hainu, the pri, would have behaved not as a metzias unto itself, rather it would have acted with complete hisbatlus to the metzias that it was coming to create. Hashem gave it a tzivoy to be moitzi. Paris, and if you could taste the Tama Pri and the Tama Eitz, that means that the whole Metzias of the Eitz is for that Tachlis. And it would even be called an Eitz Pri. The name of the Eitz would be Nikra Al Shem Eitz Tachlis, because it has no other Metzias than doing that Tachlis. But Hashem wanted there to be a Pegam and a Chsarin in the Bria, and therefore it did not allow for things to happen that way. Just like we explained by the Levana. The Bria, the way that Hashem wanted it to exist in its imperfect form, was in a way that it should not be bottle entirely to the Ratzin Hashem in order to accomplish its Tachlis. And that's what it means when Rashi explains that when Adam was Niskalal for his sin, Nifkedah Gamhi Alavoyna, the Adamo was Nifkedah, was punished also Arura Adama Bavurecha, which shows that the Shorish of the Pegam of the Adama and the Shorish of the Pegam of Adama Rishin is really all one. Because like we said, the only reason why Adam would go against the Tzivoy of Hashem was in order that he himself should have a Metzias. He should be a Baal He should be able to accomplish on his own. What he didn't realize is that the best way for you to be Sholem is by being this battle entirely to Hashem and to his Tzivoy. And this is really the deeper meaning behind because this world is really meant to be a reflection of Hashem's Malchus. The whole purpose of this creation was in order that Hashem should be Melech over the world. But it's clear that there's Anhoga from Hashem as the Melech. But on this world, it's imperfect and it's waiting for the Tikkun. Malchusa da'ara is ke'ein malchusa da'rekia. It's meant as a mashal. And of course, la'asid lavoi, we're going to see that Hashem is going to be lemelech al kola aretz. It's going to be Hashem echad u'shmoi echad. The mekabel will be on the same level as the mashpia. There will be no difference between the ur that exists in the elyonim and the ur that exists in the tachtonim. The yudke, which is the higher worlds, and the vavke will be united. And this is our tefillah, when we say Kiddush Levana, that he ar halavana ka'ar hachama. We're being mispalal that the tikkun should come. Now that ultimate tikkun is going to be brought about through Mashiach ben David. Mashiach ben David is referred to as an ani roichev al because an ani has nothing of his own. And what's necessary in order to facilitate the complete hisgalus of Machusi Yisbarach is... The type of Malchus, which is referred to in the Sfarim as Lesle Migarme Klum. He has nothing of his own. Because all he is here for is as a Kli to be Mekabel the Ur Milamala. The whole purpose of Malchus based David is to function as a means for Hashem's Malchus to be apparent in this world. And that's why at the peak, during the time of Shleima HaMelech, there was a Ha'ara Me'ein Lo'asid Lavai, which was Ishtachas Gafnoi V'ishtachas Te'inosoi. David HaMelech refers to himself, Anoichi Te'las V'loi Ish, complete and total bittel. In fact, the very name David is comprised of a Dalid, Vav, and a Dalid. Now the letter Dalid, as is Mavur, in the Gemara in Shabbos, Kuvdalad HaMedalef, symbolizes the idea of Dalus, which means poverty, Oini. 
David HaMelech felt himself like a doll in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And there are many references in Sefer Tehillim like that. The Ois Vav is the Ois that symbolizes Hashpah that is coming Milamala. The letter Vav is used when you want to deal with adding on. You want to describe something that's being given to somebody. Because it takes place of the word and. And then there's the second Dalet, which shows that no matter what Hashem gives him, he still remains the same Dal. So of course we're mispalel during Kiddush Levana, when we daven to Hashem, that the Aralvana should be Ka'arachama, that we should see the big Tikkun in the world, we mispalel David, Melech Yisrael, Chai V'Kayim. Kozman, we still see the Levana being mischadeshes every month. We still see the concept that the Bria still has the capabilities of being a Mechabel. And it's from this that Malchus based David will still be able to exist. Now, we've already discussed in the past couple of daf that it's really Klal Yisrael who comes from the Olam HaTikun, the world of Adam Rish and Kaidem Achet, before this world was brought down to a matzav of Hester Ponim, and the Umas HaOlam come from Adam Rishon L'Achrachet. And that is the difference between Yaakov and Esav. And so we now can explain a very interesting morale in Netzach Yisrael Perik Yud Zayin. When he's referring to Esav and the nation of Edom, he explains, Shem Edom Roi El Esav. The name Edom is Roi for Esav, and that's why everything about him is red. As the Medrash says in Breshis Rabbah, Tavshiloi Edoim, Arce Aduma, because Arce Seir, Sedei Edoim, Giborev Adumim, it says Gimogen Giboreo Me Edoim, and says Marav, Achol Zem, Epnei, Kimikabal Koychoi Min Hachama, Asher Hi Aduma. Like it says in the Gemara Baba Basra, Peidalarum Abeis, Hai Shimsha Sumkesahi. The Shemesh is red, there's a Nadmimus, there's a redness to the Shemesh. Esav is Roy to be called Edoim because he's Nikra Al Shem the Chama. And what this means, is that Esav has no interest in being Mizbatel. He wants to live with the facade of Olam Hazeh. As we already explained, the Olam Hateva, Doshov, Shabarasi Ba'ilami. The world which, since it's not Mizbatel totally to Hashem, there could be the mistake that there are other Koiches. There could be Kishuf, which is Makish Pamal Yeshomala. And this is the whole essence of Amalek, as we've explained. Amalek is the descendant of Esav, and Amalek is the one that wants to see this world running on its own. Just like the Levana. There's Malchusa Da'ara and Malchusa Da'rikia. There's Malchusa above, Hashem's Malchus, and there's this world. This world cannot be Mishtamish with the same Keser. We cannot have Hashem who are like Him. We can't have this world being Mizbatel to the Ratzin El and thus being Mishtamish with the same Keser as the El and that's why until Amalek will be destroyed, it's Kiyot al Ka. The shame and the Kisei are not Shalim. Because as we've explained, the idea of the shame being Shalim is that the Vav Hey, it makes the shame Avaya complete. And that means the Mizgalus of Malchusi is Barach in the Bria. And of course, this is the reason why it's the Malchai based David that are Mitzvah to be Moichazare Shalamalik. Like the Ramban says, Shmois Yudzayan, Pasik Tazayan, Kikashayyim, Melech, Yisrael, Yoshival, Kisei Hashem, Yilachi Ba'amalik. What is a Melech Yisrael? A Melech Yisrael doesn't have his own Kisei. He's a conduit for there to be Giloy, Kvoid Machusi, Isbarach, and the Bria. So he's naturally the one that's going to fight against Amalik. Malchai based David is the Levana. Levana is not red, the Levana is white. It's ready to be impacted by others. It's bittel. We now understand why it is Yahushua, who is Nimshal to Levana, is the first person in the Torah to fight against Amalek. 
because a mulik is misnaged to the whole Indian of being a mekabel. And you find a fascinating thing in Rashi in the parsha of Ayovei Amalek. When Moshe Rabbeinu approaches Yeshua, he tells him, Bechar lonu anoshim. Choose for us people to fight against Amalek. Rashi says, Lanu li v'lecha. For me and for you. Heshveyuloi. Moshe Rabbeinu was mashve Yeshua to himself. Mikan, from here, Amru, Chazal said, Yehi kvoy talmidcha chavev alecha kishalcha. The covet of your Talmud should be chavev to you, should be dear to you like your own covet. Why is it that Dafka, during the Melchemes Amolik, the Torah was megala, the concept of the Rav having to be mechabed his Talmud like his own covet? The Teretz is because that Melchama with Amolik is me'ain of the Tikkun Ha'asid where the Ur Halavana is going to be Ka'ar HaChama. Once we get rid of Amalek, the shame is going to be Shalim. This world is going to reflect Kavod Machusi Barach just as much as Ne'el Yoinim. And since Pnei Moshe Kipnei Chama, Pnei Yeshua Kipnei Levana, the relationship between the Rav and Talmud is like the one of the Chama to the Levana because it's the relationship of the Mashpia to the Mechabal, Moshe Rabbeinu is being Meramis to the fact that through the Avoidah of Yeshua, the Talmud and the Rav, the Levana and the Chama are all going to be the same because the Giloi through the ultimate Tikkun is going to be one of Ar HaLevana Ka Ar HaChama. Now this gives us a little bit of an insight into understanding the concept of Kala Omer Dover B'Shem Omroi Mevi Geula Somebody who says something over that he hears from somebody else. That means he was Mekabel, some information from a Mashpia. And what he does with that is he tries to take the credit for it himself. Which means that he's not functioning as a proper Mekabel. He's not being faithful to the source of the Hashpah then he runs antithetical to the whole concept of Geula, since Geula ultimately will be the Giloi of Kvay Machusi Yisbarach and the Bria, the time when Hashem Echad, Ushmoy Echad, will be Niskayim. We need to have a complete bittel to the source of the Hashpah. So the behavior of Kala Omer Dover B'Shem Omrei, maybe Geula L'Oilam, makes a lot of sense. And this is not the only time that we find Esther, who's nimshal to the Levana, because she's called El Shem Istaher, El Shem the Levana, acting not out of her own self-interest to give the covet to herself, but rather with total bittel. The other time that we find that is after Mordechai tells her, You realize that you're only here for one purpose, to bring about Geula. So don't start acting out of your own self-interest. The worst thing you could do is think about yourself, because that will generate your lack of Tikkun, just like it happened by the Levana. So now we understand what the Pasuk means when it says that when Esther went in, Vatilbash Esther Malchus. Malchus means the Madrega of Malchus, the idea of Davra Melech, of Lesley Megarme Klum, no self interest whatsoever. And the Zoyra Kodesh says on Vatilbash Esther Malchus, since it doesn't say big, big Day Malchus, it's referring to that higher Madrega of Malchus. It explains that's what brings about Ruach HaKodesh. So that's what our Gemara means when it says, Vatilbash Esther Malchus, Shalav Shasa Ruach HaKodesh. And the Pasuk that Gemara brings down is the Pasuk of Ruach Lav Shasamasai Roisha Shalishim, Lecha David, Vimcha Ben Yishai, Shalom Shalom Lecha, Vishalom Loizrecha. Which is a reference to the ultimate Tikkun that comes about through Malchus based David. You have been listening to the Shurim of Shas Illuminated. Shas Illuminated is a non-profit organization dedicated to broadening the learning of those studying the DAF worldwide. 
If you would like to make a donation or to dedicate a daf or masechta, please visit our website at shasilluminated.org or call 203-312-SHAS. You can also email us at shasilluminated at gmail.com.